2: First time in a long time. But back like I, I never left. left. Taking these days it comes. You know me, I don't read ahead. Once we burn, burn down everything, BBE on the T V set. When I'm in control on the road, you could never really know what's up next. Hello. Braden Harrington here for up next. Postwrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast app you're using. Thank you for listening. And yes, Braden here, usually joined by my partner in crime my roommate but he is asleep early because he's got a flight to catch for Grand Slam in New York tomorrow so i reached out for someone who hasn't co-hosted this show with me quite yet but i've been i've been having this this man on my radar for quite the while and i jumped at the opportunity to have someone jump in for this opportunity so please welcome to the show a one Mr. Chris Walder from the Walder Sportscast. Hello,
3: Chris. How are you today, my friend? Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be a part of your podcast. I've had you on my radar for so long as well. I mean, I was flattered that you were able to come on my podcast uh, many months ago. We had such a good time talking wrestling, and when you hit me up, you slid into my DMs on, on Twitter I was like, oh my God, it's Brady. is he gonna ask me to do the show? And then lo and behold, here I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you've been you've been kind of on my radar because I know that I mean we're we're both in the Toronto area. I know that you were once uh, a Scarborough mans I see on your uh, on your social media and that's definitely where I, I instantly connect shout out Scarborough. Uh, but then uh, I saw that you do a lot of uh, like podcasts of your own and uh, you you sometimes dabble in the world of pro wrestling because I see on your Twitter and stuff and sometimes you make me chuckle or uh, I, I know that you know what you're talking about and I've heard you on certain podcasts whether you're talking about uh, the Toronto Raptors which is what you usually talk about but I've heard you your wrestling takes as well so I, I want to squeeze more out of you on, and just have you on a wrestling show so I hope that's all right.
3: It's more than okay with me, man. I feel like I I piss off a lot of people on Bleach Report because I'm prominently featured on the Toronto Raptors team stream. And I'll throw in some wrestling tweets every now and then, and I'll get people like the burner accounts with like the seven to eight numbers at the very end going into my DMs. Not the cool way like Braden Harrington, but the evil way. where they'll be like, can you stop talking about AEW? Can you stop talking about WWE? I want to hear your, your Scotty Barnes takes. Yes. But you know what? It's Walder Sports. It's my Twitter account. If I want to talk some wrestling, I sure as hell will. Well, you can definitely
2: uh, talk about pro wrestling on this podcast. And uh, I want to let people know before we kind of jump into some stuff, because I want to talk about some more outside the box of just NXT. And we'll definitely get into some NXT. Trust me, because it's the, the whole rebranding. Right. Uh, but I will I will just kind of get some things out the way. Davey is going to New York for Grand Slam. And if you listening right now are going to Grand Slam, be sure to follow our socials and everything at Up Next Podcast on Twitter, because Davy's doing a pre party, a pre hangout at the bar Cheap Shots in Queens uh, before Grand Slam. So go find him, go follow the socials and all that stuff for all that stuff. And go check us out on patreon.com slash up next for all the other podcasts that we did, including some some of the matches that we might be talking about on today's episode of NXT, because we did a best match ever NXT UK poor one out and uh, we had a blast. So that's about there on the Patreon. And I'm doing a show with Jordan Goodman uh, tomorrow where we're going to be talking all about s- all sorts of crazy things. So lots of stuff on the Patreon uh, as well and lots and lots of shows but uh we'll be back to doing lives uh to next week uh for Tuesday and Wednesday there but um talking about grand slam because again we will get into some some NXT here but have you been what's your you're a wrestling fan but what's your 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 intake as of late like have you been following uh 2.0 have you been following uh, AEW it sounds like it cuz your your tweets <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm prominently an AEW guy. I mean, I really got onto the All Elite Wrestling bandwagon when WWE Raw and SmackDown was kind of bothering me. It was starting to get offensive. It was getting repetitive. It wasn't dragging my interest every Monday and Friday night. So when All Elite Wrestling came around, a lot of guys that have followed on the independent scene, guys coming over from New Japan Pro Wrestling, I thought it was a really cool alternative that I've I've latched onto for quite some time. So I never miss Dynamite. it's It's my favorite show. My fiance hates the fact that I get the TVs every Wednesday night, but I can't miss an episode of Dynamite. I catch Rampage every so often. And ever since the the regime changed uh, over in uh, New York there, I'm starting to catch on to what's going on on Raw and SmackDown a little bit more just because I feel like when change is in the air, it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, A lot of good things happening, a lot of guys and and girls getting put in more prominent roles that they may have not otherwise had. And then, of course, with your podcast, Keeping Up With NXT, uh, I haven't been a real big fan of the 2.0 changes, but it looks like slowly but surely we're getting back to that back in gold feeling. So that's why I was so excited to kind of catch up. I I haven't watched the program In quite some time I kind of follow up on it with through podcasting, but sitting through it tonight, it was quite the experience. Wow. So you're like a a noob when it comes to NXT as of late in the past little while, 2.0. I'm trying to remember everyone's names. I'm like, some of these guys and girls have some weird-ass names. I'm like, what's going on? I remember them as different people out in the UK. They're coming to NXT 2.0. I'm looking at Jordan Devlin. I'm like, what the hell happened to his last name? Someone got this guy at Thesaurus. He's coming up with some crazy uh, syllables here, but it is what oh, it is. It's so cool much. to see some familiar faces. There's so much I want to catch
2: you up on. Uh, I would recommend, <laughs> uh, cheap plug here, uh, go check out the... 2.0 year in review podcast we did with Denise and solo monster, which was just awesome. And thanks everyone for reaching out for all the great uh, uh, comments uh, for that show. We, we were pretty proud of that. And that was a blast. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good little like refresher course on what the hell happened in the year that was NXT 2.0, but to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, I do think AEW is the, the best show going. I do think it's the freshest show. It feels that way, but to give, Triple H, his credit, like, I am interested in some of the things that have been happening. You know, you bring in Io Shirai, I'm instantly going to (laughs) start checking out what's going on Raw and the whole control thing. And they're doing sweet, uh, sweet matches and stuff with them. We have Johnny Gargano, big fan of him. Kevin Owens running his mouth off all the time. They, They just announced a fight pit. I'm not sure if you know what a fight pit is, but it's an NXT like staple. They've done a few times here, and we were—I swear, like me and Davey were just talking about it on a show where we were like, "Man, they should bring that back." And here they are bringing it uh, for the next pay per view at Extreme Rules. So Triple H definitely has his his little like paw prints on on everything that's going on. But then they throw a, a giant curveball where they go, "Hey, Roman Reigns is taking on Logan
3: Paul at the Crown." jewel and how excited are you for that match see they throw some cool gems out there every so often with some with some unique returns and some bringing the fight pit which i have seen back in the day i think it was what timothy thatcher and, and matt riddle had a match which is pretty cool I think kurt angle was the referee so yeah. i knew exactly what that was you know yeah. i can't pull the wool over my eyes but <laughs> yeah the the main event with logan paul and roman reigns it was a gentle reminder that even though wwe is is showing some improvement They still kind of have to resort to those cheap ploys with getting the big outside star to come in. With Saudi Arabia, it was kind of inevitable that that might be the the prime place for something like this to happen. I don't think it would have been tolerated on American soil. I mean, if you're going to do a one-off with Logan Paul, you could do a lot worse. He has shown like the guy can go in the ring. I really enjoyed his match. I believe it was at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um he he had a really good match. Um him against Roman Reigns, we'll see. Uh, time will tell uh if he can hold his own in that main event scene. I I'm going to watch it just to out of the sheer torture, I'm going to put myself through just to see Logan Paul competing for the world championship in what will be his third match as a quote unquote professional wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I
2: watched that match. It was the SummerSlam one, and I was really impressed. I'm not a, I don't follow. I don't really know him much from other stuff. I know he's YouTube famous and his brother, the fighter now, and all that stuff. I've checked out some of those fights, but I'm not super familiar. I think the coolest thing about him is he's got that Charizard that's worth a lot of money around his neck, but <laughs> um, I I was really impressed with that match. And after that match, I, I, I thought this guy will be champion within a year if, like, if they had their things right and i didn't think they would literally go this quick to pulling this match which i don't think he's beating roman obviously but i mean it will be i think it would draw a lot of interest from a lot of non-wwe fans as well to kind of maybe subscribe to the network or whatever or by other means even check this pay-per-view out just because of the sheer interest like oh well it's this guy like logan paul now versus roman but definitely i i'm not i'm not too hyped about it uh but i do think it makes sense it'll make them money it feels already like a big thing they held a press conference they don't do that a lot in wwe triple h saw how important AEW's press conferences were that he had to yeah. hold his own <laughs> he had to hold his own they didn't get a, a sponsorship by any bakery down there in vegas which they should have but uh yeah i like press conferences
3: in wrestling like after New I think Japan Triple H matches. needs to watch more. I think Triple H needs to watch more YouTube. I think he's unaware huh. that Logan Paul is kind of like a disliked internet personality, but he's pushing him as this as this baby face against Likeable. Roman Reigns, who's super cool right now. Again, be grateful that this is in Saudi Arabia, because if this was in America, Logan Paul would be booed out of the building and Roman Reigns would be treated like the God that he is in professional wrestling. I right think now, he'll be so. cheered
2: there too. That, I, I definitely think yeah. be, I've been loving what I've been seeing of the, the whole bloodline stuff where Sammy's just the, the, the like the brother who's just, it happens to be in the bloodline with the rest of the crew, uh, which we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely discuss more of the bloodline because of, with some things happened on NXT, but I, I'm not the biggest Roman Reigns fan. He's not quite a, a drop, but I will say the character and the whole bloodline thing is like total money. So I totally understand it, but uh, I'm not looking for uh, an all-timer match uh, of the year contender again when it comes to Roman and Logan Paul. But hey, maybe we'll we'll be surprised uh, just like the last time Logan Paul fought. So
3: Uh, is real low. Like, it's not going to take much for them (laughs) to have a pretty memorable match. And I think there's going to be a lot of outside shenanigans and whatnot to kind of compensate for the fact that Paul isn't that seasoned in the ring. But you know what? Again, like you said, at SummerSlam, he he blew away expectations. So maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, Uh, I I mean, I can't believe I'm still discussing
2: more main roster stuff, but everyone seems to be talking about a certain white rabbit. I had that on
3: repeat today at the yeah, gym on Spotify. By the way, that's too. a banger, Jefferson <laughs> Airplane. But <laughs>
2: uh, again, Triple H saw how awesome AW was using their songs and went, "Huh, we should just use their songs." And then uh, loaded with this. I did. I did. I did listen to it like twice today on a bike ride and on loop. But uh it's yeah like, why,
3: it, wait they have less money than us why aren't we licensing music yeah, we we be buying songs. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Lemmy come on what the fuck uh I, well, I they can't they can't afford the background music though because when they're doing it during the live shows it's just like an acapella version it's like triple H we got to draw the line somewhere you know yeah. these budget cuts they are a real thing
2: yeah it is a cool song and obviously leads to something spooky and when I see something spooky and ominous teasing a return or something along those lines instantly I think of Bray Wyatt and now all the. Internet uh, people have kind of put the pieces together and the puzzle together of like, well, this says this and it said come here
3: and all this, I don't know, mumbo jumbo stuff. Do you think it's Bray Wyatt? Yeah, it's probably Wyatt at this point, unless it's Paul London or something weird like a Lucha Underground callback. I know a lot of people (laughs) were thinking it was going to be Karrion Cross because he was the White Rabbit uh, back in Lucha Underground, but he already kind of came back. It would be a weird 180 to do a gimmick change like that. Maybe there is some sort of an association with Wyatt and cross. I feel like when Wyatt does come back, he is going to have a stable, you're hearing those rumors that maybe Alexa bliss will be reassociated with him. I think, you know, I'm like 99.9% like in the know, like, you know, that it's probably going to be Bray Wyatt because it would be out of, out of left field big time. And then watching that interview that um, Hunter recently did with Ariel Helwani, where he spoke so highly of, of Wyatt and the mind that he has for, for professional wrestling. You thought the minute that Paul of got into power, that Wyatt must've been one of the first calls that he was making alongside like a Johnny Gargano and a Carrion cross and what have you. So I'm excited for this Friday because it's leading us to believe that at nine 23 PM during Friday night, SmackDown, unless someone is going to walk through the crowd again with the QR code, uh, this might actually be the return of Bray Wyatt.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it has like, there's doing different things like the QR code, things the music things like the the teasing like it's pretty smart to get you to kind of want to tune in to see who it is and the only two names that do come to mind like you said are, are Bray White and Karrion Cross. so I'm not sure if it's just Karrion Cross and people get upset and boo and then Bray comes out afterwards but uh I guess uh, we'll see who the white rabbit is feed your head but uh, I I like my spooky stuff hey maybe you could have a stable Alistair Black can show up uh and he'll join oh the- my god <laughs>
3: The spooky the tweets, the tweets Oh, Malachi Tattoo, Black's man, UW He's, gonna he's gonna going to be in off. the Royal Rumble or whatever. Get yeah, over the it. The guy's taking some time off. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. it, it would be cool. Like, I mean, in, in all honesty, I hope, you know, he, he's in a good headspace. I know he's going through some personal things, but yeah, it would be cool to see him associated with Wyatt. I don't know. Do you think Wyatt's going to just go, you know, kick it old school, bring back the classics, go full fiend? Or are we looking at like an entirely new character here?
2: Yeah, I don't know if we'll, we'll go back to The Fiend, which is, like, uh, which I think, like, The Fiend was a cool character, but I feel like he could go back to, like, maybe the way he was Bray Wyatt before, but but the mask itself is cool, and I think really marketable, so I, I would go back to, the, I don't know, uh, I guess maybe it's the next, the Wyatt Six, or the White Rabbit, or I I guess we'll as long see. as he keeps
3: the song, man, that song is awesome.
2: Yeah, I even like the wait the fiend version. I like both versions of his his yeah. song because the cover, right? Yeah, both were great. I mean, that SummerSlam entrance was uh, really awesome, and I still think back to it. But yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with with this, and and in, and in, I am interested in seeing if it is Bray Wyatt who comes back because you know Triple H definitely. Mm. If they brought Braun Strowman back, they're definitely bringing Bray Wyatt back. I, I thought it was really odd that they even released him. Um, other stuff that's like going on in, uh, some, some wrestling. Oh, I will say, uh, I, I have checked out some other wrestling. I don't know if you've saw this, but I would highly recommend this match, but it is not for the faint faint at heart because this match is just brutal Uh June Kasai versus El Desperado. Did you hear about this match or check this out? Because I, again, uh, yeah. will recommend if you have it, but like. You know, maybe don't watch that with your uh, significant other. It's very, very violent. It was from the, <laughs> uh I have here, JTO, Taka, Taichi, Despy Mania show that happened last week. Jun Kasai, which we've talked about on some podcasts before. He's like a deathmatch king over there in Japan. Yeah. And El Desperado can get pretty violent as well. But this is a match of the year candidate, but lots of blood, knives, uh Op- cut open cans tables glass there's just all sorts of gr- gross hardcore deathmatch stuff but dude it's so badass and would recommend but again maybe watch when you know you're in the right
3: yeah kind of megan's mind. only gonna come <laughs> into the room when i'm watching dynamite she stands up and she dances to uh, tarzan boy when Jungle Boy yes. comes out, she gets our cat and starts dancing. I did see um, little snippets of this match, the match you're referring to, the Kasai and Desperado match, going through Twitter. I watched um, the post match um, back and forth exchange that they had. I think Desperado yeah. lost his match uh, mask during the match. I assume he, he does quite uh, often.
2: Yeah, despi loves to do that. That seems
3: to be a thing. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit if he <laughs> if he loses if he on the mask. There's nothing to hide back yeah. there. But uh, yeah, I'm looking, I, I'll take your recommendation, Bud. But I probably need to be in the right mindset to watch a match as as brutal as you're describing it. Yeah, it's really fucked up, but I I really loved
2: it. I got into it and it kept going and going and got crazy. So I would recommend that. And then finally, before NXT, like I know wrestling is just, I feel like it's been such a crazy year. I mean, Vince McMahon, we mentioned, like, is gone and Triple H taking over. Sounds like a sentence you wouldn't be saying ever. It just sounds so bizarre even saying it now but the big stories of wrestling continue this year because cm punk with that whole AEW kind of press conference eating the muffins and talking all that talk and uh kenny omega who may or may not have been bitten by a steel still no actual confirmation (laughs) i still don't know if that bite was real but uh kind of what are what are any of your takes as like a you know a, a wrestling fan and kind of watching this and taking
3: it all in Yeah. So it was weird. So the night of of all out the pay-per-view, my fiance and I were coming back from, so we were in Disney World um, scouting our wedding location in December. So we were coming back that night. So it was the first AEW pay-per-view that I didn't catch live. So the Monday after I I was starting to watch it uh, online just to kind of catch up on everything. But I saw Twitter going nuts because of the post-match press conference involving CM Punk. I didn't have any context. I was just like, you know, people were spewing like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. What's going on? So I tried to get through the pay-per-view as best as possible to kind of, you know, get a feel for what Wrestling Twitter was talking about with CM Punk. And then I watched the post-match press conference and how he kind of went in hard on the whole Cole Cabana situation, which, you know, he had his his hand on the trigger. It was in the holster. He was ready to pull that out, even if the question wasn't asked. Um, during the conference, it looks like he was ready to get that off his chest. Um, I personally, I think there's a time and place for everything. Um, even in professional wrestling, where the lines of like what's real and what's not can be skewed. Obviously, you know people you know who, who cover wrestling that follow wrestling to the degree we do are aware of the situation between Punk and Cabana and the legal ramifications and everything and what have you. But then hearing about the fight with with Omega and the Young Bucks and the suspensions that followed and. No one really came out of this looking great. And it's disappointing because, again, I'm such a big AEW fan. I want this company to succeed. I want it to be a legitimate number two for the foreseeable future so that people who are wrestlers have somewhere to go. It's not a monopoly by WWE, but something like this is just a really bad mark for the company. But it looks like they are moving forward slowly but surely. I think the dynamite that followed that pay-per-view was a really strong showing for them. They got the big show coming up at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which I'm super excited for. I think they can move forward and and CM Punk, he's hurt like no matter what, even if he wasn't suspended. This guy's going to be out of action for a while, probably for the best considering what happened. Yeah, uh,
2: I do. I do. Like we've we've been following this company kind of from the beginning. And like if you've been a fan of it, then you kind of would love to see them succeed. And then bringing in CM Punk, like obviously brought in a lot of new eyes and new viewers and new fans and stuff. And I think, like, the dynamite kind of just setting it straight, like, hey, we're moving on. We're not mentioning this stuff, but we are moving on and we're mentioning that we're doing that. And they go forward and, you know, put on some some great weeks of TV and their ratings go up. So, I mean, like, of course, people who are like, oh, it's all a work. Well, well no. I mean, obviously, him running his mouth and getting all this kind of drama is going to make a lot of people interested. Maybe even more interested than they were, maybe they are going to make sure they'd watch that show live just to see if th- certain things are addressed. And then the following week, like the, the ratings were still pr- really high. And I think the grand slam will probably break a million again, uh, hopefully. Cause I don't know if it did last year, it still did really good. But like, I think uh, like con- the controversy as it is, like does create cash. Cause I'm looking at it the same way. Cause that, that movie don't worry, darling, that's coming out. Uh, my girlfriend got free tickets to it. Some premiere, right? And there's so much drama every day. The drama for that movie changes. It's like Olivia Wilde did this, and Shia LaBeouf this, and Harry Styles, and all this, and now they're broken up, and and all this stuff. And like, I'm just thinking, man, it wasn't that great of a movie, but I bet it's gonna just murder this week when it drops because everyone's gonna go want to see what the whole fuss is about. Or does it tank? Clearly, that wasn't the case with AEW. Everyone wanted to tune in and, and kind of see. So oddly enough, like it, it, I think help them because if you tuned in and you saw the past two weeks of dynamite like you thought wow this was some really good wrestling and some good stuff I, at least that's what i thought watching it. i'm really i'm really into grand slam and uh shout out all the up next family who are going to be there for grand slam and uh we'll be doing some show on thursday at some point somehow on this feed so look look out for that but i'm super excited chris are you are we going with danielson or moxley for our
3: next world champ Uh, I I'm leaning heavily towards Brian Danielson. I think the fact that the belt has kind of bounced around (laughs) for the last little while. And John Moxley is now, I think a three-time world champion to put the belt back on him. And you you see these reports that he was supposed to be going on an extended vacation um, prior to the mishaps going up. The guy was going to go fishing, you know, take some time off, hang out with your wife and kid. Um, I think this is going to be a nice send off for him where he has a really good match with Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson gets his championship run. He recently did an interview where he said that he excels in these championship matches. He doesn't need a storyline. He doesn't need a big build. If it's for a title, that's what he's raring to do. And I think it's about time that AEW puts the title on him, gives him a run, and then he's eventually the guy to drop it off to MJF.
2: Yeah, I think that's the right move. Like a feud between those two would be super fresh and honestly just really good because Danielson is no slouch when it comes to promo work and building his whole story as well. But uh, it's funny because Punk leaves Ring of Honor, Danielson becomes champ. Punk leaves WWE, Danielson becomes (laughs) WWE champ. Punk leaves AEW. Danielson becomes champ. Yeah, history.
3: It's destiny, himself. but It's meant it, to be.
2: It definitely is. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. By the time you're listening to this, guys, maybe it already happened. But I think that would be the the reason. The, Danielson as champ makes a lot of sense, and would he, he's he's just fantastic. And I can't wait to uh, see that. Uh, so talking about back now back to kind of some NXT. The last week's show ended off with a little video highlighting the whole year of 2.0, and then Shawn Michaels telling us that they're following tradition and the paint splatter nickelodeon logo was wiped clean with black gold and white so now we are what to presume we are in a new era of of nxt and you kind of mentioned you weren't really following uh 2.0 when the ch- when the change happened did you just try a few times and completely
3: fall off or like will you watch again now? Yeah, I mean, I would follow it to an extent, but it wasn't like the classic black and gold days. And I think the big detriment for me was that every time I was watching the main roster and I was seeing these guys and girls get called up, it's like everything that they accomplished down in de- developmental or in the third brand that NXT black and gold was, it didn't matter. So it was you know, offensive to me in the sense that I was so invested in these performers but when they made that jump to main television, it's like, why did I care in the first place? Because everything that they were is not what they are now. You know, They were losing their first names or they were doing an entirely new gimmick. Like L.A. Yeah. Knight, for example, he became the maximum male models guy all of a sudden with no explanation for it. And that's what was bothering me. I understand why they did it because they wanted to make it more of a developmental system instead of just like this indie riffic third brand that you know, Paul Levesque and, and Shawn Michaels were trying to make it. But now they're resorting back to that black and gold. And like the main roster is right now. And like you, you kind of made the expression, it's a fresh coat of paint. I like that they're going back to this black and gold. It doesn't have to be a complete transition to back to what it was, but sprinkle in a little black and gold, make me nostalgic for those black and gold days. And maybe, you know, moving forward, a new fan base will arise and NXT could be bigger and better than it ever was.
2: Yeah. I think just kind of changing the colors was just like, code for hey we we know we know that you like the old t- style it was and we're gonna try to we're gonna try to go that route so just don't worry hold, hold tight we'll get to that way and you know what there was some good wrestling on this show and I would say that's what NXT black and gold was was known for so hey we're, we're off to an all right start it should be noted that this week and next week NXt were actually taped uh last week so this is all pre-taped but I don't know if you are aware of this but I do not read ahead. Sometimes I was spoiled on one thing that com- happens at the very very end of the show, but other than that, I was all right. But I guess nobody really is looking deep on the internet for NXT 2.0 spoilers.
3: That's <laughs> not the hot. Sorry, uh, yeah, look, I'm the same way, man. Yeah. Look, like, I, I want to go in with like just like a, a clean slate, hundred percent. I, I don't want to know what happens ahead of time. Just give me like a good, solid two hour wrestling show. And we'll obviously dive deeper into what happened tonight. But you know what is my first, you know, soiree back in the NXT could have been a lot worse. I like your
2: attitude. That's the right attitude. I used to be real sour on 2.0, but I'm feeling real hopeful lately. <laughs> there uh, you go. So uh, last <laughs> week, Solo Sakoa beat Carmelo Hayes for the North American title. And then the dude shows up on SmackDown. And of course the bloodline with all their gold, the solo Sokoa now being kind of added to that. He also, I believe defended the title against Madcat Moss, which uh, if he won, I really wonder what would have happened with this segment here because it shows earlier today, As NXT kicks off, Carmelo Hayes is backstage with Solo Sokoa and Shawn Michaels is in the middle of them holding the North American title. You know where this is going. Shawn Michaels, or kind of, Shawn says that, look, Solo, even though you beat Carmelo Hayes last week, you were not the qualified competitor. Therefore, you don't get the championship. And says that, hey, sometimes it's just business and business can slap you in the face. Which So to kind of pause there, Shawn Michaels says that Solo Sokoa has been stripped of the title. The title is now vacated, not just going back to Carmelo, but the title is vacated because Solo was not the person who was supposed to be in that match. That is the choice that they picked to get the title off of Solo already one weekend. Very, very odd and feels like maybe this was taped later in the week to kind of add to this show. but. Kind of strange here. Uh, It ends with them mentioning in six weeks, there's going to be a four five way ladder match to determine the new North American champion and Carmelo's already in it, but there's going to be some competitors uh, in matches in the next few weeks to kind of get the uh, competitors for that match. But yeah, what did
3: you think of this and kind of the way they handled solo being stripped? Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed to be honest. I-, I liked the idea of putting the North American title on Sokoa, especially if you were going to put him on SmackDown and have him be, you know, a prominent member of the bloodline where all of your, you know, cousins are holding championship belts. I thought it was a good touch to have Sokoa carrying nxt second most important singles title i thought it brought more po- prominence to the belt i thought it was a, a cool thing to have him defended on smackdown i don't know if the fans in the arena were really uh, necessarily into the match because i don't think anyone believed that madcap moss was going to take the title imagine though now that we he could have he he, taken
2: it back he could have been in this, this situation with sean that would have made everything more messy because if madcap yeah. how is sean going to get the title back strip him of it
3: Yeah, you're just lucky that Sokoa retained. Otherwise, it would have just been a massive wrench in your plans. But uh, no, now in hindsight, being 2020, I think they just wanted to give Sokoa his big moment. I know he was chasing the North American championship in NXT for quite some time. He gets that singles win and then dropping the title. I think that also preserves him. I guess they just really didn't want him to be losing anytime soon, but they also didn't want him going back and forth between nxt and smackdown that must be a lot for you know a lot of travel for a guy like that so it was cool to have it as kind of a one-off on smackdown i wish that maybe they just wouldn't have done it at all in the first place but i'm excited for the the prospects of this five-man ladder match nxt always delivers with ladder matches
2: yeah i mean i knew right away as sean stripped the title meaning we have to find a new champ i I said out loud he's gonna say it's a ladder match it's sean he always just goes "Yeah, ladder match which hey it's been a while (laughs) all right why not but I do think it's kind of odd that they did it and then just instantly take it away. So it definitely like cools it down. Carmelo was on quite a run and instantly cools him down back to that level. We we thought that Carmelo would jump ahead to just facing Braun for the title, which I mean, doesn't look like they're going to that direction. But yeah, I think you could have had just Carmelo beat Solo in this in a rematch tonight. And uh, I mean the taping and stuff. I I don't know. I guess because of the taping, they were kind of handcuffed on what they couldn't couldn't do. But I thought it was kind of a lazy way to take the title off uh, solo. But uh, yeah, ladder match at Halloween Havoc. We kick off the show though with a hot opening match. The second match in a best of three series between Nathan Frazier and Axiom. Now I'm not sure if you know Chris, but Axiom is a luchador mathlete who was formerly a kid.
3: He knows his long division there, bud. I know he's a kid. I did know this. I was so happy with myself to realize that he was a kid. Uh, yeah. He looks, like, yeah, the mathlete Senkara all of a sudden. I dig the mask, the, the comic <laughs> book, book vibe. Um, I don't know what the mathlete thing is. Is about. I don't know how he necessarily incorporates that into his style, but the entrance is dope. I like the flash thing that he's doing. He's going back and forth with like the fast movements and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Really dig it. Underrated character, I must say.
2: I, I'll say I we just did a a, a a podcast covering all the best of NXT UK from their best TV matches and a kid shows up a lot. We talked a lot about him and I have definitely have found a, a new respect since watching a lot of his matches back from that UK run. But I hate this this mask and I wish we go forward where he eventually like strips it and gets a whole new kind of maybe it's all like a ruse where he was using this to kind of become more of a bad guy. I I would hope so. Just uh, it's, it's kind of too hokey for me, but the wrestling between these two is just awesome. These two start off and they have history. The commentary are kind of dancing around this, that they don't know each other because axiom's not supposed to be the same. We're not supposed to know he's a kid. So the commentary are like, Oh, they know each other very well because they read comic books backstage together yeah yeah that's why that's what they keep joking about uh there's some great back and forth uh, and then crazy like submissions where both of them are transitioning there's a beautiful northern light suplex from axiom followed up by running drop kicks a flying clothesline from fraser for a near fall and then fraser just takes off axiom's head with this huge super kick you know that one was for sean watching in the back uh but a, a kick out as well there's then a moonsault that's countered into a sleeper from axiom there's then nathan who goes up with the superplex into a twisting neck breaker like the final cut or something we've seen him do this but now he's incorporating his trainer seth rollins avalanche like superplex into the falcon arrow thing and then nathan fraser hits the phoenix splash and gets the one two three to tie it up in the best of three series with a one one meaning they're going to face one more time but what did you think of this opener
3: yeah, I dug this match. Just going back to what you were saying earlier about Axiom turning heel. I was like, what would be a good way to turn that character? He's like, I don't like math. You know what? I'm a spelling bee guy. <laughs> you know, he bring he busts out the dictionary. He's going for like math. 18, 19 letter words. Screw your multiplication tables. I'm going into spelling. That that, that would actually work as a heel turn. But no, I I, I really enjoyed this match. You know, you got Nathan Frazier. You got Axiom in there. Two guys with obviously a rapport from their NXT UK days. I thought they had a really strong, like quick kind of sprint. Obviously it was, the result was predetermined because you knew that with this being a best of two out of three, that unless they were really going to throw a swerve at you, it was going to be split and they were going to have the finale, you know, next week or whenever it so be. Uh, it made me nostalgic uh, for the Ben Carter days when he was doing his little stint there on Rampage. He had a really strong showing. I'm surprised that um, AEW didn't try and lock him down. But you know what? He seems to have a good thing going. The crowd is really behind him. They were anti-Axiom, which was was kind of surprising to me. Maybe, I'm not, he's maybe the crowd isn't sold on him yeah, he's yeah, not but cool. he doesn't say anything there's nothing if you look at this guy you think he's like who to guerrera or something you don't know he's in a math like who cares but the crowd seemed Fair. to you know the, the crowd there knows more than i do but yeah really strong opener to the show yeah
2: i really like the wrestling between these two I, I don't know if i like this one more than the last time they fought but you just know that the the best of three meaning the third match Uh, We'll we'll just be awesome. And I bet they'll get even a bit more time or uh, hopefully they can maybe stretch it out to this Halloween havoc that uh, is announced uh, in a few weeks. So I I really like this match and these two have great chemistry. They're very quite similar uh, as well, but great, like fast technical and very like some all the submission moves, sweet opener. And I, I like the fact we get one more. Uh, We get a recap of Alba Fire and how she said Mandy Rose basically looked at her wrong and she's mad at her and says Mandy knows and Mandy's scared and uh, Toxic Attraction are watching this back in their their locker room. And they say tonight everyone's going to be reminded why we're above everyone else as Gigi and JC have a match later, but a kind of quick video here. But uh, we're getting uh, Alba Fire and Mandy, uh, I guess, down the line. But next week is Mandy versus Alan Henley, but yeah, Manny just seems to be feuding with everyone. Are you excited for Alba? Fire, do you know who Alba
3: Fire is? And um, is she? Uh- I, I'm forgetting her name from NXT UK, Kaylee Ray. she was the women's champion, right? Ah, Kaylee Ray, there you go. See, this now is she why you're on the outside of the camera, my friend. Yeah, now <laughs> she lets people on fire, she got the Olympic torch with her. Uh, every time she comes down to the <laughs> ring. Yeah, uh, we dig it. Get... That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me of, um, you know, like a Game of Thrones, you know, strong Scottish accent and whatnot. Yeah. I keep saying this with challengers for Mandy Rose. I'm like, Oh, it's going to be her, or it's going to be Mako, or it's going to be whoever, I, you know, inevitably faces her. I'm like, maybe it is Alba Fire. You know, I didn't think she was going to win the NXT Women's Championship, and she proved me wrong there. Maybe, you know, out of left field, maybe Alba Fire to thrones, Mandy.
2: What do you think? Uh, i don't i hopefully it's not i think kaylee ray albafire could be uh, on the main roster at this point but i do think maybe uh, a roxanne or someone uh younger miko would be sweet but i don't know if we're going to go yeah. that way uh we have a video of damon kemp who is spray painting a giant x over his diamond mine jersey and gear and he says that uh, he fooled diamond mine and he says that it wasn't Roddy who was paid off by Tony D. He says it was him, and then it kind of shows the the footage of him uh, taking the money from Tony D's family because it was him that costed Diamond Mind. And if it wasn't for Santos, well, they would have won the title. He then says he destroyed Roddy's phone to destroy the evidence, but hopefully uh, Roddy had iCloud to to reveal this. <laughs> uh, and then it kind of mentions that you know if Diamond Mind want to mess with him, well, like he's he's down but it was his it was his it was his whole plan to destroy diamond mine he says that he's better than them so uh this feud between between uh, Kemp and Diamond Mine will come down the line i just don't know what the, like looking at this kayfabe wise you're picking a fight with three dudes and you don't have a team with you so yeah. i'm assuming i'm assuming he finds some backup somehow some way but uh yeah damon kemp showing that he he's the reason diamond mine
3: have kind of been losing lately I was watching um, some old NXT clips, like uh, during the the pandemic heyday, and I was watching that initial debut of Diamond Mine when Stokely Hathaway was out there with Suzuki yep. and Tyler Rust and and Roderick Strong, and Hathaway's like, "This is Diamond Mine," and now it's like you fast forward to now, and I'm like, it's like an entirely new premise. It's an entirely oh, new it went gimmick. through like There's so nine many new changes. changes. It's like I they couldn't say, figure out what the hell Diamond Mine was. They still don't. <laughs> now it's just yeah, that's, they, that's they don't been know the whole the hell thing. Diamond Mine was. This guy, this Damon Kemp guy, he's um uh, what's his name's brother, right? The Olympian. Yes. Um Gable Stevenson. Stevenson, he's the brother. So yeah. he's getting more airtime now than the actual Olympian. Yeah, it doesn't look like they've been using him uh, whatsoever and I wonder if they
2: if they will, but uh yeah, I mean the diamond mine have been pretty impressive, more so the Creed brothers. Yeah. So Damon Kemp too actually, for the some of the stuff we've seen, uh he's not too bad. So I am Kind of this 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 week's episode didn't go too much into this feud, but at least we get to hear from him kind of explaining because we all thought that Roddy was the turncoat, and then just shows shows poor Roddy laid out, just getting sent to the hospital. Uh, Diamond Mine are upset, meaning Ivy and Paxley. Uh, Paxley's wearing her face mask, and she says, "Ivy, you got to focus. Don't don't worry about Damon Kemp." And Ivy says, "I am focused," and they go out for their match. Ivy and Paxley paxley versus toxic attraction meaning Gigi and jc um we have tatum who's kind of running things here early on with some offense but eventually when she tags in ivy she's clocking them both and does her like gut wrench throws kind of like the creed brothers here Uh, but there's jane who hits a code breaker on nile they eventually hit the high low with a boot to the face combo and pin ivy who clearly was not focused In this match, because that was the whole story. But uh, Gigi and JC get the win. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ivy clearly is upset that Diamond Mine was was beat up by Damon. And that's the reason Toxic kind of get this. And I guess get a rematch for the women's tag titles down the line. But I didn't think too much of this match, but it was pretty quick.
3: Yeah, it was quick and painless. It wasn't long enough to really leave a lasting impression on me. The The main impression that I got, because I know Toxic Attraction did a couple of matches on the main roster as part of that tag team tournament. Um, I think one wasn't. It, it just kind of goes to show to me that they. I think those two really need Mandy Rose as that third. I, I kind of worry about them if they go to the main roster and they're not doing the whole Toxic Attraction a gimmick that's why when i feel like there is the call up i think all three of them will still be kept together because i think Gigi and jc uh do need them um big ivy nile fan um what the hell where did she spring up from uh jacked uh jacked woman uh good with the suplexes good with the throws again it, it led to the segment backstage where she was the the one who got pinned but i'm i'm super high on this woman i think she has a lot of potential she's super jacked. she she's like do she's done a lot of the stuff with the diamond
2: mine But I think she's also improved uh, on the mic and kind of coming and owning the character, coming into the character and owning it. So, uh, I mean, she loses here, which sucks, but there's like the story with Diamond Mind and and stuff. Maybe maybe she breaks away. I don't know. They've been teasing all sorts of stuff with them, but uh, the match was there. We see JD and Tyler Bate. they have showing up for their match. They're going to face off tonight in a number one contendership match. Then we have the schism tree the dyads the spooky joe gacy man he comes out with his crew and their buttons the schism here rip fowler and jagger reed i swear those are their real names well shoot name no kayfabe names uh they say that grimes calling out cameron grimes yet again it's time to pick a side and if you are not under the shade of the schism's tree well you must walk alongside us but if you choose not to well we can we'll show you that it's it's not such a nice place but we are on the road to peace and inclusivity and our mission is to make the world a better place Accept us you will see the world we live in and the wrath of the schism is imminent but uh yeah some some dollar store bray wyatt here from the the schism uh, an act i absolutely am so over
3: i love the entrance theme though that's also Joe on my Spotify <laughs> playlist. Jig. I'll add okay, that. Yeah, Joe right.
2: Gacy's theme is dope. I, yeah, that's how I, you I know we're we'll along. That. Yeah,
3: everyone uh, loves the Joe I, Gacy I, theme. It's so good. It's the it's I, the best part of that act. I had to Google what a schism was because um, I thought it was something that Missy Elliott would oh. drop in one of her raps, like a schism, you know, like you know, it goes back let, to her old. Let classics us know back in the day. Please read to the class of what a. What no, a... <laughs> I need to Google her lyrics from back in the day. I just immediately thought I was like Missy Elliott schism. That's awesome. What a cool uh, segue there. Uh, no, you know, Jagger Reed looking like Mordecai and uh, Fowler looking like corporate Kane with their outfits and their one eye and whatever the hell's going on there. What's with WWE's fascination with eyes? You know, they got to have the one weird pupil. We saw it later in the show with Apollo Cruz. We'll get to that later. But the, the <laughs> eyes, I don't know. They're trying to get for some demonic thing. But again, jo- I feel like Joe Gacy, you made the perfect analogy. Dollar store, Bray Wyatt. That's kind of what they're going for. Um, I don't know if it necessarily works with Joe Gacy as the head of the group. I remember him from like his CZW days and the violent guy that he was. And now hes he's got his hair cut. And now he's wearing woke. a... A button-up shirt, super woke. He's throwing up the peace signs or whatever. You know what? I could mute those guys in the ring if, as long as you play that damn theme song, I'm good to go.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Like uh, grizzled young vets were a good wrestling team, and for yeah. a little match that kicks off here, it's a it has some good wrestling in it. Uh, the team of. Uh, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed are going up against Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. So these guys are pissed off that these guys uh, attack them. Uh, So they go off and the match starts. We have both Blade and Anofe tagging in and out, doing double teams on Rip Fowler here. When uh, Blade comes in and hits a huge high cross body for a near fall, they send them to the outside and then hit huge double tope con helos to both of them to go into a commercial break. When we come back, Blade is still in control, but uh, it should be noted that Malik Blade wrestles in his sweater vest. And this ended up costing him because it's grabbed by, uh, I think, Jagger on the apron here to, to distract him and pull him back. And then he eventually uh, gets thrown into the ring and a no face sent to the outside and they beat down on him and they hit him with the what they used to call the ticket to mayhem, which I don't know if they're calling peace and inclusivity now, which they, <laughs> I guess they should. Uh, but they get the win here. Uh, I know I, I, I missed a, a vital part of this because before they hit that, we have. The, the team of the Schism Tree doing their best Ray Phoenix and Penta uh, double team combo as James Drake, uh, rip, no, Jagger Reed, jumps off the back of his partner Fowler and does a pop-up Canadian Destroyer. Which was uh, very, very nice, actually. So you, see, so then they hit the ticket to mayhem and pick up the win. But a pretty crazy little tag team match that did have some some cool spots. But
3: uh, gimmick aside, what did you think of the match? Yeah, they clearly watched Dynamite on Wednesday, but yeah, it's it was not as impressive when you're not doing it to a 350 pound guy like Keith. Yeah, Lee. it's, it's like we
2: see those guys do this move every week, and then all of a sudden, these guys I've never seen these guys do that move before, so it is kind of like, okay, like did we we watched Dynamite too, yeah, guys. Uh, not saying that you know everyone does a destroyer, but that's literally the like patented move of those two dudes, so it is a little like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing.
3: That's what I'm so fascinated with in WWE and NXT is that whenever someone executes a Canadian destroyer, it's considered this massive deal. And and in AEW, we feel like we see it like three times a match. Like, you can't have an AEW match unless you're giving a Destroyer to somebody. (laughs) But, like, when Edge did the Destroyer, I think it was to Damian Priest on Raw in Toronto, and that was, like, blown out of proportion because he's, like, you know, 50 years old or whatever he is, and he's doing a Destroyer. And then they do it here in this match in NXT. I was like, yeah, it's a cool spot, and the crowd popped for it. But I'm like, you know, I've seen it. Like, I just saw it last week, and it was better when they (laughs) did it to Lee. And yeah, it was that's a massive the thing. Puck. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the thing. Like, like that that move is overused, and it is used in WWE, which is which is pretty cool. It, whatever, but I felt like the way they set it up was exactly like the one that Penta and Ray Phoenix do like in every match. It's the one where he jumps off the guy's back. So, it is a little like not saying, you know, it's a stolen move, but the double team aspect showed it's the exact same setup for it. So, uh that was a little yeah. but I I still used to like these guys, but the gimmick just the look they have right now, they look ridiculous. And on top of that, to go back to uh, people looking funny, this guy Malik Blade is awesome. So is Idris and Ofa. They could they could have a great future here in WWE. They're a pretty high energy tag team. But lose the sweater vest. This this must be the yeah. match that you learned that was not. I shouldn't wrestle in this because the guy literally it, it costed you the match. So now you have to drop the sweater vest. It just makes sense. You can't you can't pull a pull the Carlton every
3: week there. It's just it's a liability out there. You're going to get dragged throughout the ring with your bloody sweater vest. It's not even a good sweater vest. No. You know, I'm not a sweater fest uh, aficionado, but come on, at least give me something that looks like you didn't pull it from the rack at winner's. You know, give yeah. me some luxury, give me some style, some pizzazz, not hey, like, I know, wanna make I wanna BS. clarify.
2: I want to clarify winners is fantastic, but I mean, like you, you don't wrestle in the stuff you uh...
3: <laughs> I live in Lindsay, Ontario, but there's a winners out here and it's like shangri la because we don't have much going on in the in the means of uh, clothes out here. So winners is the place to be. <laughs> Shout out winners. I'm trying to think of what it's
2: called in the States, like JC Penny or own TJ Maxx.
3: I think it's TJ Maxx sure, they're, they're jealous yeah. they don't have a winners, that's yeah. their problem. Get on in America.
2: Uh, we go to uh, well. I I don't know if it showed on TV, but I saw people the the rumblings on Twitter of the 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 Red Hood. So yeah, the schism. People. I didn't see them. that. Yeah. Okay. So the the schism. It was this person was in the crowd, and it's very apparent that uh, it's it's a woman, which I think in the past few weeks we've kind of kind of uh, uh, thought that it was Isla Dawn, but we don't see her face as she's wearing a mask in this. Little Red Riding Hood getup, but it didn't show her on TV, but she was in the crowd. So uh, she's she's with the Gacy folk. Uh, We get a recap of Quincy Elliott last week and his victory, and I'm sure he'll have another match uh, soon. But uh, we didn't get him wrestling here. Did you happen to see uh, any of Quincy Elliott?
3: I saw it uh, trending on Twitter, uh, the super diva, big dude, very charismatic, uh, does the the Rikishi kind of sit down, splash from the middle rope. And then he was doing like the dip with the referee. I thought that was cool. It's unique. You know, it's so hard. I feel like every gimmick in wrestling has been done to death, but this is like very new. Like, you know, you don't hear the word diva anymore in WWE but this guy is rolling with it as a male performer and I think it's really I think it's special and I think the fans are going to slowly and surely really start to rally around this guy
2: yeah I think as soon as he kind of gets it down pat and kind of uh lives the gimmick and kind of you know makes feels way comfortable being out there he's he's pretty green I would imagine as well but uh it it could work because it is definitely Mm -hmm. different than a lot of what we normally see in in wrestling uh, we go to Roxanne Perez, and it's a little video here where she's talking about her match with Miko Satamora. And then she says that I've never been hit harder, as it shows the clips of her getting hit really hard. She says that she's that uh, Satomura proved to her that she is, in fact, an icon and that I may have lost the match, but I gained her respect. And then it cuts to Satamora, who says Roxanne was a very tough opponent she stood up to me and she has the fighting spirit and one day Roxanne will be champion and then it kind of gets scratched out and cuts to backstage where Cora Jade's being interviewed and she mentions like ah screw Roxanne and screw Mako Satomura Uh, I didn't want that match anyways is pretty much what she says but as she has a match with Wendy next but um yeah, a uh, little quick promo for Roxanne and Mako, which that match was awesome uh, a few weeks back. If you didn't check that one, would recommend. But uh, I do think we should go towards Jade versus Sadamora kind of as the next stepping stone for Jade and Roxanne. But here we go to Wendy Chu and Cora Jade. And Wendy Chu is wearing not her, her cozy onesie thing. She's wearing wrestling tights, but they have ice cream all over it. So nice touch there. Uh, Nice ice cream. Uh, There's a handstand headstand escape from Wendy Chu early on to get out of a hold. There's then a pump kick and then another into the corner as she's gaining offense. Cora eventually gains control and on the outside, uh, sorry, slides under the bottom rope and twists Wendy's neck into the bottom rope, kind of snapping her against the rope, which I've not usually, not really seen before, uh, kind of fi- Finley esque. As then Cora just takes advantage, pounds on her, eventually hits this like DDT and pins her for the win.
3: Uh, what did you think of the, the generation of Jade here? Yeah, I, I didn't understand originally when it happened why Cora Jade was turning heel. I, I thought it was like the, the heel turn for the sake of a heel turn, like it was just something to do to create a buzz but they didn't really know what they were going to do afterwards. But I kind of get it now. She's going like for this really hard rock punker, you know, attitude. And she's like a nice contrast with what they're doing with Roxanne Perez. Uh, I was more infatuated here with Wendy Chu because I remember when her gimmick first debuted on Twitter, a lot of people were calling her NXTs like, version of orange Cassidy. Yeah. Like they were really going to embrace the sleeping and, and her being lollygagging through the match and whatnot. You didn't, I don't. And again, this is from someone who doesn't watch NXT 2.0 regularly, but her not really kind of falling back on that, her just being like a typical performer. Who's just wearing pajamas with ice cream on it. That was all that was really special about her in this match. Uh, Again, not a a memorable match with Cora Jade. I hate when the DDT, (laughs) It's the finishing move. I feel like everyone uses the DDT, but all of a sudden it's a finisher now for Cora Jade. She's, prote- it she's bringing it, it back.
2: Bringing back the finisher. Yeah, finish bringing the- it back.
3: <laughs> oh want to, uh, you know, the snake, Cora the snake, you know, the, yeah. this, uh, an homage to Jake Roberts. But uh, yeah, not a match I'm going to remember, but uh, I get what they're doing um, with Cora Jade. And again, against Wendy Chu, like the crowd was, was really behind Cora Jade. Yeah, they're they're still kind of in the tweener role, even though she's tr- trying to play the,
2: the baddie heel that she is. Uh, Wendy stands up in the ring afterwards and is attacked from behind by Lash Legend. So uh, we will be going to this match uh, in the near future. But Lash Legend uh, attacking Wendy. Sure. That poor Wendy
3: at Lash. What did she she's do? Being... She's just trying to have a nap. But
2: yeah, exactly. Leave her alone. She,
3: she did. She got beat up
0: by Lash <laughs> Legend.
3: <laughs> yeah, she got kicked in the face. She's having a nap now. Yeah
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: They cut back to uh, McKenzie backstage with Braun. And McKenzie says, well, we just saw Cora have a huge victory. And Braun Breaker cracks a big smile. He then says, hey, NXT fans, thanks for voting for me last week for being the most popular superstar. And when asked about who he thinks is winning the main event tonight, he says that he would put his money on Tyler Bate winning. And he can't wait to have a great match again with him because he knows they put on a banger at the pay-per-view last month so uh yeah braun breakers spoiling the main
3: event yeah oh, he, oh you're picking tyler Bray. looking I past the yeah. wedding tonight
2: <laughs> jd has a has a big would have a big gripe here if he watched this because it's like yo you just throw me under the bus great thanks great thank what
3: you what dick he didn't even pick me i'll show him
2: <laughs> we go to uh carmelo and trick and uh they are uh, are upset because of what happened last week, but they say today is a new day and uh, they're going to come down to the ring uh, in a second. But we have a say my name an Oro Mensa who's debuting tonight. He's being interviewed here by Kelly Kincaid, uh, the former uh, Quinn McKay. She she asked him, you know, are you excited you're here in NXT? And he says that he came to NXT to face the best and superstars here like Grayson Waller even noticed me and even tweeted about me and that my name Oro means gold and I'm from Ghana the country of gold and tonight after I beat Waller I'm going to qualify for that ladder match and make a big splash in my debut in NXT so Ora Mensah looking to to make a, a big big statement coming in here getting added to that ladder match is pretty pretty big what do you think
3: yeah, I appreciate the explanation for his name because otherwise I would have thought it was stupid. Or I think it was Oliver Carter back in NXT Oliver or Carter or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So the Oral Mensa, I I first heard it and I'm like, damn, man, the guy couldn't have pulled a better name out of a hat. Like I, I don't understand the context here, but I did not I know he- that either. Yeah. But then he provided, you know, where his name comes from, and I was to- I was totally okay with it. Uh, he was impressive in his match tonight, and uh, um, obviously they have big plans for him throwing him into that ladder match. So uh, a solid start to his 2.0 run. We go to Carmelo and Trick, and Trick is wearing some just
2: beautiful uh, Burberry slash leather pants or s- some crazy outfit here. Uh, not a shirt, though, of course, because Trick looks so good without a shirt. Uh, they say... Uh, Carmelo, Carmelo is really mad because of last week and now he's not even the champion and solo isn't either. Uh, but this is clearly taped last week and I'm not sure if they did some, some chopping and, and pasting here because he never mentions this ladder match or anything about qualifying or anything like that. He just says that the person last week who played the music and the guy who rang the bell and the ref, I want them all fired because they shouldn't have allowed that match to take place. And then he says, Solo, I don't care what bloodline you come from. You came into my house and you stole from me. When Carmelo is interrupted by Chase, you, Andre, Chase, Bodhi, and uh, Thea. And they say that right now we have a teachable, but they're interrupted. And Trick says, don't finish that. Then they walk closer and he tries to say it again. And he's stopped again and says, it's a teachable moment. They all get in a brawl, and because Mello says this ain't the time. So they start to fight when a ref runs down and we have an impromptu tag match. Mello and Trick versus Andre Chase and Bodie, who Bodie looks like Billy Gunn here, like
3: Billy and Chuck Billy Gunn. Like dude, that. I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, if you blurred your eyes for two yeah, seconds, I was swear him. to God, I thought he was the one Billy Gunn. He, Couldn't believe it. He's he Uncanny looked like an ass boy. Like it oh, looked, he's an it, ass boy for days. It looked just like him. Uh
2: really I, I i watched the whole match and i'm like that's just that's billy gunn so shout out Bodie. uh there's uh Bodie who's in and he's he does the football stance football tackle to trick for a near fall there's then andre chase who comes in he does the chase you stomp what is that spell and stomps the hell out of mellow trick eventually goes for a shoulder block of his own but misses and just eats shit and then mellow comes in he starts to kick chase but eventually Kay- chase counters mellow and rolls him up with this crazy innovative pin and gets the upset pin on Carmelo Hayes, pinning him, getting the victory, chase you. And then he yells over as they're leaving and says, now that was a teachable moment. So Carmelo Hayes is fuming. He's on a little bit of a losing streak, but uh, kind of similar to some of the matches earlier, kind of really quick, kind of throwaway, but I would say the kind of twist with the upset finish.
3: Yeah, this match was more about the result than anything else. But I will say, as someone who has not really watched a lot of Andre Chase, uh, I know it's Harlem bravado days. I think that was his gimmick in the independent scene. But like for him, whenever I saw his segments on NXT, they were a skippable moment uh, for uh... myself. Uh, I, I, I wasn't exactly feeling the whole shtick with the university and the fans and the crowd mm-hmm. and whatnot. It kind of works in this smaller setting because they get really loud. I don't know how many of them are actually like... Uh, performance center talent or whoever no, those they are, are but all real <laughs> yeah they're all University real fans who show up with the sweaters right like i mean it could have fooled me but no i like so watching this match some of the stuff that he did like give me you know a c or whatever when yeah. he was doing the kicks i'm like man on the main roster like kids and like weird adults are just gonna eat that shit up it's it, it kind of reminds me of like the adam rose character back in the day where you almost need like a bunch of people like every single week yeah. to kind of make this work because you need people like chanting his name and wearing the sweaters and really embracing that university kind of style lifestyle um yeah very surprising uh result here kind of makes me wonder what they're doing with Carmelo Hayes um if they didn't announce the latter match coming up at Halloween Havoc I would have assumed that maybe this is like his send off uh to go up to the main roster because I feel like Carmelo maybe not trick because he's, he's still very green, but it works with Carmelo. Maybe they were ready for like a, a spot on Raw or SmackDown, but now, obviously, with the with this ladder match coming up in six weeks, maybe he'll win the title back and kind of start anew, and, and it makes me wonder why they took the belt off of him in the first place.
2: Yeah, I thought taking the belt off him made it kind of clear to me that they would go with him to be the big brawn guy, but instead, they're adding him back in the ladder match. He could win the ladder match, get the title back again, and then... Go on a run and then call himself the A champ. Maybe go do that Braun match. I'm not sure, but uh, you could have him, you could have him lose and then still eventually go for Braun or main roster. But either way, I, I would like to see Carmelo stick around NXT and become NXT champ, just because he has been my one of my favorite, if not my favorite, character on the show and the wrestling. Uh, and now here he is losing two weeks in a row, but I think he'll he'll get his win back. But now they should rematch it because if Chase wins. He should be in the ladder match instead.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought they were gonna say right after yeah. like Carmelo's in the match, like Chase just beat him. Like it would be weird now if Chase doesn't actually end up competing for the title. Yeah. But again, there's plenty of time before having.
2: We go to a clubhouse backstage, the Gallus Clubhouse. It kind of looks like uh Bradshaw and Farouk's old uh Clubhouse, the APA. They're playing poker, they're drinking beer, they're throwing darts. When Briggs and Jensen show up, they look like they'd like to hang out in this clubhouse. And uh, Gallus says, Hey, we, we like it here in America. We run things here. And Briggs and Jensen say, Well, actually, we were hoping you uh skedaddled back to the UK where you came from. And Gallus laugh and say, Uh, you can't sit here. The kids' games are down the street. Go play. Not, don't, don't be here. And then uh, Briggs says, well, this kid is going to put you under the table or through the table. And then they start to brawl. And then it is later announced that next week on NXT, we're getting, are you ready? A pubs rule, a pubs rules match featuring Gallus boys, the Gallus lads versus Briggs and Jensen, BYOB.
3: I mean, play darts or something like pub rules. Like, what's, I mean, what's going on? I mean, they've with teased
2: that? the darts, and wrestling these days is pretty wild and violent. If we don't get a dart spot, what are we even doing
3: here? So, <sighs> look, I, I, I love you, bud. I, I was going to do this podcast no matter what. I swear to God, when I saw these four people on my screen, I was ready to turn this off. I, You're not a fan of Gallus. do know what it is. I don't know what it is about Gallus. I don't know what it is about Brings and Jensen. I can't stand Uh, Any of those guys and the fact that they're in a feud right now and they're going to have a a pub rules match, which could be fun, no disqualification. They get the pool tables out. They get the cues. They get the darts. Maybe, you know, it'll get the five stars from Meltzer. I don't know. But if there's just something about Gallus that like they should do the Wendy Chu gimmick because they will put you to sleep, you'll get yeah. a good night's rest. You'll get your eight hours after watching Gallus. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm, I'm sitting. No, you're not. A, you.
2: You're not alone. You're not alone. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, maybe giving them more of a pub, you know, gimmick is something that they can work with. But uh, I don't I don't really. It's being like done so on much.
3: Smackdown, right? Now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of drinking and pub fighting and all sorts, but yeah uh, i'm not too big of a fan of their guys their theme song is nice it's nice generic is that the music. saving
3: grace of like a number of these talents like if I your theme is good you know banger yeah it's all shout right. out to joe gacy <laughs>
2: <laughs> we go to our next match it is big lads wrestling as we like to call it because we got some big boys here sanga taking on von wagner the greatest wrestler to ever grace nxt wwe von wagner uh brawling here starts off this match where both of them are just throwing throwing bows and hitting each other eventually sangha hits him with a sidewalk slam for a near fall and then boots him to the outside when they're on the outside stone mr stone jumps off the steps but gets caught by sangha who looks like he's about to choke slam him on the steps which i was like yeah do that 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 would be great but wagner stops him throws sangha into the steps Throws him back into the ring, gets him up. Looks like he has a hard time doing it. Picks him up for the Death Valley Driver, the Wagner Bomb, one, two, three, and Von Wagner gets the big win here. But uh, I, I thought I was expecting a little bit much more from from this match, but we didn't get too much. What do you think?
3: And, and again, to everyone out there listening to this podcast, remember that I am not like an avid. NXT watcher not as much as I was nearly back in the day so when I saw this and and this Von Wagner guy comes out looking like Lance Archer eight hangman Adam page and I couldn't make out what exactly he was going for with his look he had you know Robert Stone there in his corner supposed to be this menacing like generic creator wrestler from Smackdown versus Raw from way back when He's got a stupid hair and he's fighting this big grizzly uh, guy, Sanga or whatever his name was. I was expecting, you know, I like it when the, the two behemoths go up against each other. Yeah. It, was, it was giving me vibes of like, uh, and, and I hate going to AEW all the time on an NXT podcast, but it reminded me of that revolution ladder match. when we had like, you know, um, uh, what was it? A uh, Wardlow and um, powerhouse Hobbs. And I think it was another uh, big guy in there uh, that they were tra- Keith Lee was yeah, in that yeah. match too. And the crowd went nuts because it was just like, all right, brute force. Let's just let them slug at each other for 15 minutes. And then this was like a much lesser tamer <laughs> version of that, that like didn't draw in my interest. It was at more all. sad. Oh yeah. It was more, yeah. be so other. much more, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, give me some like, uh, some clotheslines from hell or some, uh, you know, suplexes or throws or whatnot just to make one of you guys look good. But you know, and then Von Wagner wins with like this fall away attitude adjustment, which looked like he almost dropped Sangha on his head and whatnot. And uh, again, the Von Wagner, uh, is his name. Uh, need I say more? Yeah. Uh, I was, I was disappointed. Sang has been on quite a run, but I guess he should stick to
2: yoga. Not anymore, he ain't. That's, yeah. <laughs> he's been doing yoga backstage, and then uh, I, he needs to needs to do the downward dog and be more zen after losing this one. We go to Wesley, and Wesley is cutting a promo, and he says that uh, he's been beat, beaten up quite a bit, and now he's cleared. He says Carmelo and Trick did a number on me, and it shows him getting his head kicked into the locker. He says he medically cleared, but He's been given a pass and an advance in the ladder match, but he says he's refused to take it and says that he is going to earn his spot and still wants the match. Uh, And it's announced as they cut to stacks, who says next week, Tony D'Angelo is going to beat Wesley. So next week qualifying ladder for the ladder match, Wes and Tony. So uh, I think, I think Wes should win it because uh, a, the story with Carmelo and trick kind of makes sense now. And it's been going on for for weeks. And I think him winning the the ladder match would kind of uh, rise his stock a a little bit. But uh, I don't see Tony being added to that match. But yeah,
3: big Wesley fan. Uh, I got a soft spot for the guy because I think he's the only NXT performer right now who follows me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at <laughs> Walter Sports. Everybody, shout out uh, Wesley from him. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Wesley. You know they, they were going him and his uh, former tag team partner going for the rush hour theme there, uh, sharing yes. the last names as a uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I thought Detective that was a Lee. nice little nod. Detective Kyler. Um, But yeah, uh, Wesley uh, uh, again. Remember the fact that I'm, I'm not watching this regularly. I just think it's cool that they're still trying to do something with him. Obviously, the circumstances with his partner, uh, Nash Carter, having to be forced from the brand. Um, Wesley is such an incredible talent. You know, gave me those Ricochet vibes uh, initially because he's so flamboyant. He's such a spectacular high flyer. Um, a nice sleeper pick for this ladder match if he does get in because Lord knows uh, I can write an essay about how much I just like Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey. That's another Uh, podcast, but you'll have to invite me back if you want to talk about the Sopranos guy.
2: (laughs) We go to Cameron Grimes backstage. He says, Joe Gacy, you want me to join down the the schism tree? Well, I'm going to chop down the schism tree. I'm going to throw it in the wood chipper and use it as fuel so I can go to the moon. And uh, he's had enough of this Joe Gacy, but uh, I've had enough of anyone feuding with Joe Gacy. It instantly drags this down. But I do like Cameron Grimes, old school wrestling reference using the wood chipper in a promo. Thank you for saying schism
3: again, by the way, because <laughs> you're going to have to do like a Missy Elliott soundbite every time <laughs> schism is set on the um, up next podcast, because now that's like engraved in my mind. But uh, schism, yeah. Love, love, Cameron Grimes. The to the moon stuff is is just gold to me. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm. He's one of those guys that I'm actually surprised hasn't been called up yet. I feel like he's been at yeah. NXT for quite a while now. Yeah, we mention that usually week by week. Like,
2: okay, he's kind of done everything. He could have been champ. It's just not in the cards right now. He could be doing any of the shticks he's done in the past on the main roster, and it would totally get over because anything they've given him works he's he's really good so uh he's just kind of floating around and anytime anyone gets in putting a feud with joe gacy and the schism uh it's just instant go away he just don't care kind of thing unfortunately uh we go to our next match and we learned that this is a qualifying match for that ladder match oro mensa versus grayson waller uh oro makes his entrance and uh, he's got a cool song and grayson waller when the bell rings goes hey i really like that song and then smacks Oro in the face and starts beating him up and then does his taunt where he like drops to the knees. Mm -hmm. Mensa fights back though, hits a series of arm drags and then taunts Waller with his own knee poses things. Uh, They go back and forth when Waller counters uh, a Hurricanrana and gets Oro in this electric chair and then props him higher up into the air to catch him into a back suplex. I thought this is one of the best uh, wrestling offensive moves. Grayson Waller's, ever done this looked really clean and then on top of that waller then does the brian danielson elbows the the combat club elbows here to mensa who then eventually gets up and fires back of the running forearms and then a moonsault press a flipping kick when on the outside waller is standing there when mensa looks like he's going to do a sorry i think it's waller setting up for his finisher which is the stunner which uh, he has to get out of the ring to hit which makes sense when Apollo Cruz shows up. Now we've seen Apollo Cruz's injured red eye, but this is the next level because Apollo Cruz stands there with the one red eye, dripping blood all over Cruz's face. This startles Waller, who goes back into the ring, gets hit with sorry he gets hit with the topé from Mensa, gets thrown back into the ring, and then a kick in the corner, like this running corner kick. And Mensa pins Waller here with the help of Apollo Cruz and his fucking terrifying, bloody, <laughs> dripping eye. I mean, spooky season is coming up, but holy shit. Uh, pro wrestling. Am mm-hmm. I right? Didn't go
3: to uh, Rey Mysterio's optometrist, uh, who and he had to get his eyes <laughs> What's with eyes in wrestling? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or yeah. didn't go to the Schism's optometrist. You know, oh. they got to get those uh, special <laughs> cataracts going on there. It's really wild. Grayson Waller could have saved Grace big time had he pulled out that rush hour line. Is like, you know... Get a, get a tissue out of his pocket. Yeah, like, wipe, wipe yourself, yourself off. You're, You're bleeding. bleeding. <laughs> like, that would have been so badass. I would have just become a Grayson Walder at that point. I would have been Team <laughs> Waller uh, big time. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know the context of what was going on with Apollo's eye. I just thought like he looked like an idiot. Um, yeah, but that's so neither here nor there. Uh, it led to. Uh, Mensa taking the win. And like we alluded to earlier, uh, a nice little push for him initially coming into NXT and getting thrust into that ladder match. And, uh, surprising Grayson Waller's not, uh, in there because, you know, he's someone that they put a lot of emphasis on when the 2.0 era started. I think he was the one who got the pinfall in the war games match with the old school, uh, NXT guys. And ever since he's been more kind of like the mouthpiece doing his talk show and what have you, yeah. waiting to kind of see what they're doing with Waller.
2: I actually, I always I always give him shit on this podcast because I do think he's very like a, a, a bootleg Miz, but I find that his wrestling does hit and can connect and he's very creative with his wrestling. And I thought I thought that in this match, he looked very, very strong with that. Uh, he held his own. I was kind of bummed that they turned it into this silly thing with the distraction with Apollo Crews and this leaking bloody eye, which is just a, such a silly visual. I mean, come on, this bleeding... The red eye last week. So he attacked Grayson Waller attacked his eye, which injured his eye a few weeks ago. And then we saw the eye in a promo. And then now he shows up like, why is it bleeding? Did he purposely cut his own eye to make it bleed? Because I don't know how you would have done that to make your eye bleed. This like drip down kind of thing is just so silly. So funny. I was howling at my TV like, really? I was getting into a Grayson Waller match like that's not normal. And then you do this.
3: Come on. Does but Apollo Cruz not look in the mirror before he heads out? Like into the what stands? was he doing like, that made this eye bleed? Like what caused? Shawn Michaels this? was sitting there uh, at the entrance ramp, Come being here. like, "Hey, I mean, one, like you know, be the old man with the tissue, is like wiping it off, and it's like, all right, now you look good. Get out there and uh, go uh, distract Waller for a minute. Like
2: has he been walking around week by week with his bloody eye? Like what are you doing? Cover it up."
3: well he can't see clearly so no he couldn't see the well, that's the
2: thing he had these visions Apollo Crews gimmick was pretty much that so Raven like he could see the future and he had these visions <laughs> but now his eye is is injured so he can't see the future but uh he saw Grayson Waller's future and it wasn't the ladder match uh Mensa Mensa was kind of impressive I'm not super familiar with some of his work prior to this but he had some cool offense and I think putting him in the ladder match kind of can instantly elevate him to go, Hey, this guy's at this level. So uh, they trust him enough to kind of go that route. So uh, again, kind of like the wrestling in this match, uh, less bloody eyes or more bloody eyes in wrestling. We get a vignette promo for soul Ruka, who you see her, she's like surfing on the beach. She says that she loves her art, her work and her photography. And she loves the ocean and loves the spirit of the water. Because when you're out there, there's no distractions. It's absolute peace. And it's she says that, but next week it's time to come ashore. I leave the beach. So, Sol Ruka, the new surfer gimmick here in NXT, gonna make waves next week
3: on NXT. And we're running out of ideas here for wrestlers. Oh, she's the surfer chick. All right. She looks like she's tanned, she's lean. You know, she can, can you surf? No, I can't, guys. Like, I really can't surf. Well, I hope she's Oh, don't say that! I really
2: hope she surfs. Now that you put that in my head, I'm like, oh, I hope she can. It looks like she Shinsuke can. Kinsuke Nakamura's doing...
3: jealous. Kinsuke
2: is <laughs> like, I want. I've been trying to push for that gimmick for years. I
3: want this. this was on name. the table. Come on. Uh,
2: I, uh, I I I can't surf, but I I, I wish I could, and uh, I'm willing to give it a chance to see like what she can do. But I'm sure, like, if this is someone who maybe hasn't wrestled all too much, like being put on TV is not the greatest way to kind of. You know learn and get over right away but hey maybe uh, she can be Im- impressive so I-, I won't like knock it down yet and if it if all else fails you'll win me over because you just have to do a surfer slash point break gimmick and i'll be happy so just just go with that and it'll and if it, it'll if it doesn't
3: work they'll uh turn her heel like i think cora jade was the example you know you bring a board to the ring evil surfer uh, you're eventually you're gonna come, evil surfer you know i i think we're, we're just leading our way to the evil surfer gimmick it's never been done in wrestling it's brilliant it'll work yeah. Soul
2: <laughs> are they gonna announce her like from the beach or like what's her is her finisher has to be called the wipeout uh the e- wife. <laughs> <laughs> is, you
3: should be writing this stuff man oh yeah. they have the sound bite <laughs> and everything oh man this is we're, we're in the wrong jobs there bud we got to be writing this stuff i want soul ruka to be the best thing in in wrestling the surfer gimmick love evil it. evil surfer
0: yeah uh
2: then we go to our main event of the evening a number one contendership match for the nxt world title it is Braun Breaker, the champion who joins the commentary desk because he is going to be watching closely for two men he's already beaten in the last few weeks, who now have to face and get a chance to face Braun again. Tyler Bate going one-on-one with J.D. McDonough. We get Tyler Bate early on here. He's on fire hitting J.D. with all sorts of fast offense, uh, kind of confusing J.D. here. And then they start going for near fall after near fall, like counter for counter, back and forth. There must have been about like 20 near falls back to back here in the span of maybe two minutes, which was quite impressive. Uh, then they go to picture in picture where we see JD hitting a Yuranagi and then a standing moonsault and then a Boston Crab, which is very impressive. When we come back, he goes for the devil inside, but it's blocked. Tyler sends him to the outside uh, near the table and then hits an exploder followed up by a standing star press. There's then the airplane spin, which gets the crowd really into the match if they weren't before, but JD kicks out of it. There's then a 450 from JD off the top, but Bait kicks out. He follows it up with a brain buster, another kick out. There's then a straight up hockey fight here where they're just punching each other. Tyler does the bop bang a lot, but here they're just straight up going punch for punch here. Really great uh, back and forth. I really like this uh, this whole their whole part of this half of this match is just fantastic uh there's then a spanish fly when jd counters Bates' like rebound clothesline and then eventually gets the bot bang when he goes to pin him while tyler's laid out which i thought was a funny spot they eventually are fighting up on the top turnbuckle when jd hits them with the irish kiss headbutt followed up by an avalanche spanish fly And then wrist control lifts him up for the devil inside. And it's the the high angle back suplex, which is a pretty sweet finisher. And J.D. picks up the win on Tyler Bate and is now the number one contender. Before we kind of get to the after match,
3: what did you think of this match? Because I thought this was a pretty cracking main event. Yeah, easily the best match on the entire show. You don't need to convince me uh, for reasons why you need to see J.D. McDonough and Tyler Bate have a 10-minute banger on nxt was giving me old school progress wrestling vibes i i that's where i initially knew them before their tenures in nxt uk where british wrestling is all about the striking it's about the suplexes and i was a big um tyler Bate fan when he initially won the nxt uk title that first tournament they did out there in england and i always kind of got that like you know before he started becoming the more conor gregor-esque character with the tattoos and like the cocky attitude i thought this guy had like brian danielson intangibles to him you know the smaller stature but like an underdog you can really rally behind because he's such a good in-ring performer and i'm I'm so happy like this nxt europe thing is happening because you're bringing over these british performers right now to the main nxt show in the united states and we get to see these matches like mcdonough and tyler Bate. and uh you know we joked about it earlier with braun breaker picking tyler Bate. it was kind of like a Wink, wink, uh, that it was going to be McDonough winning this match. But honestly, you could have flipped a coin and uh, either opponent for Braun Breaker would be awesome. But it's also kind of a, an indicator of there wasn't really anybody else uh, next in line to face Breaker. So they're going back to like past opponents for Breaker. And you know what? If it's McDonough or you know maybe something involving the guy that we're about to talk about, um, it's it's good enough for me. Two thumbs up. I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, no, I really, I really love this match. I, I'm a big fan of both Bate and McDonough's wrestling from all the matches prior. I, I mentioned we did that best match ever UK. I we' watching I was watching a lot of these two in the last week for that podcast, and I I loved all the stuff that they've done. But this was awesome. And it sets up JD, who's been been on quite a run with this like heel. American psycho kind of creepy character where Braun now gets in the ring afterwards and has a stare down with JD as they are face-to-face when we hear comrades of the red army hit. And if you're not familiar with that, it is Ilya Dragunov who comes out here at the performance center, walks down the ring and is now face-to-face when his music hit. The camera is on JD and Braun, and Braun is like, "Huh? Oh, oh, okay." And JD goes, "No! No! Damn it!" <laughs> so JD's pissed that Dragonov is shown up here. Dragonov comes down. The three of them are in the ring. JD, Braun, and Dragonov all stare at each other, and uh, as NXT goes off the air, but Ilya, Ilya Dragonov making his return to TV here and kind of letting his uh, his motives known staring down the nxt champion but it is the house of draganov here now in nxt so uh i'm excited this guy is a firecracker of talent and him versus Braun book this is the guy to beat Braun. sorry this is it we found him sorry jd <laughs> sorry carmelo draganov is the one uh strap it to him but uh great way to end the show what'd you think
3: Nice call to the Game of Thrones there. House ha, of Dragonoff. That like, needs to okay, be a shirt, right? Yeah, they need to Oh, use definitely. That. <laughs> Sell it at Pro Wrestling Tees or WWE.com, sure. whatever you gotta do. Uh, no, I'm a big Dragonoff guy. This this felt inevitable because obviously he had to drop the title, which led to the tournament, which bait won before, you know, he showed up on NXT before it was even over. Uh when they were airing it on Peacock or whatever they were doing. Um, Dragonoff, like if you were to list Like my favorite matches, like maybe my, my 10 favorite matches of the last decade or so, two of them, you know, obviously the match you had with Walter. Um, where he became the NXT UK champion is one of maybe the best matches in NXT history. He also, for for those of you who who don't really follow, like the British wrestling scene back in the day, he had this really strong match which introduced me to him um, at Wembley Stadium for, Stadium for Progress Wrestling, yeah. where he had a match with the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne, which I thought was just a, a, an incredible uh, back and forth clash with Dunne, who is you know under the radar one of my favorite guys in the business right now. Uh, Dragan off him entering that main event picture for the NXT championship with breaker, whether they do him and breaker at Halloween havoc, obviously McDonough is now the number one contender. Maybe they do a triple threat. And that kind of leads me to believe what is the future as Braun breaker as the NXT championship. I was talking earlier about, um, you know, Alba fire potentially being the the one to dethrone Mandy Rose. I think we're at the point now, especially with the changes going on on the main roster where a Braun Breaker can seamlessly fit in, and now you have someone credible with championship repertoire like an Ilya Dragunov who didn't technically lose the NXT UK championship. Like you said, this might be like the perfect guy to dethrone Breaker and take this new black and gold NXT where wrestling is probably going to be a more prominent thing, like the actual in-ring action you could do a hell of a lot worse than Ilya Dragunov. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, this guy is fantastic. You're
2: right. All the stuff in the past that he's done is awesome. And he got injured. That title is now, you know, gone. NXT UK is gone. They kept him around. I think he's definitely one of, you know, Sean's or Triple H's boys. He has to be. He's just so talented. Uh, I think Braun should be a main roster bound within this year within a year like with way way less than within a year like in the next few months maybe you know uh mania season or, or whatnot but uh, even before then royal rumble hell something like that but Dragonov instantly goes oh that that would be a great person to beat braun because we kind of were running out should it be carmelo should it be this guy then you have all these other fresh matches like carmelo Dragonov or Dragonov, uh, bait tyler there's there's so many different options but uh I, we got to get through JD first. I, I, I would assume, unless we go some sort of triple threat here, which is kind of what they did with Mandy, Satamura, and Blair in that last pay per view to just kind of use JD as the person who was Blair in that match, who's just there to, to take the pin. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine you do the JD Braun match first and then you go to that for Halloween Havoc, but you could do. Uh, the, the triple th- threat there as well, but I, I really, I really enjoyed the the last like the last match and this last segment really got me hyped uh, for to kind of see where where we go with this.
3: And, and look at it this way too. I I just thought of this, and I and I hope they kind of allude to this during the build because I think you know it's only a matter of time before we get Dragunov versus Breaker. I really hope they mention the fact, especially with Gunther being such a prominent part of Friday Night SmackDown right now, the undefeated Intercontinental Champion. Allude to the fact that Dragunov is one of the few people in WWE to actually have a pinfall or submission victory over this, you know, gargantuan monster that's taking over the big show right now, Friday Night SmackDown. Be like, hey, I've tapped out Gunther to become the NXT UK champion. You you know, you're broad Breaker. You're the NXT champion. You're not in Gunther's league it puts over Gunther, and then you get to the point where Ilya Dragunov is maybe the guy to take the title off of Breaker, and then you start adding that that credibility to a guy that maybe the commoner NXT fan isn't overly familiar with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I just said that maybe JD's in the match so that he takes the the pin. I think maybe you could do that route, and that's how you get the title. Maybe you don't have Braun. If it's a triple threat, right? Like you have Braun yeah. not get pinned and still lose the title therefore he's he's got a gripe and then you could set up like the the singles match but uh yeah he he's definitely look we 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 do we cover wrestling we talk about it we all as fans love to go hey that was the match of the year kind of thing and and two years in a row him and walter had match of the year if not contender if not the match of the year so i mean this guy is awesome so i am it is a character that instantly injects like some some just like some excitement into into this kind of title picture so i am kind of uh into that but i would say this episode as a whole is classic nxt 2.0 because it had a lot of fluff and a lot of oh yeah okay that was there but it did have some glimmers of wrestling and as i always say call me crazy but i like watching wrestling because i like the wrestling and i thought nathan frazier and axiom put on a pretty sweet opener here uh hey we even got a canadian destroyer from the schism tree so they can't be all that bad but i would say uh head and shoulders the main event was
3: the the best part of the show I recently reviewed um, as a part of another wrestling podcast. We were going over TNA lockdown 2008, and that was the show that was headlined by Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle in the six sides of steel for the TNA world championship. And I was watching and I was taking notes throughout the show and everything leading up to the main event was, was hot garbage. And (laughs) anyone who forgets that show can Wikipedia some of the results. It was really bad, but they made the main event, seem like a big deal because it was you know it was for the world title and it was ramifications and it was great the thing about a show whether whether it's a pay-per-view or you're watching raw smackdown nxt the lasting impression is what stays with you the most more often than not unless the opener is a banger or there's some like big storyline plot twists or a really strong match in the middle of the show it's about how it closes because that's the last thing you're going to be talking about. That's the last thing that stays with you. So for an NXT episode like this, where I was left with a JD McDonough versus Tyler Bate match, a pretty strong, it wasn't like a 20-25-minute 20, classic, but for what it was, it was a really good match. And then you get Ilya Dragunov coming out to close the show and you're wondering, hey, who's going to be challenging Breaker next? Is it McDonough? Is it Dragunov? Are we doing a triple threat? We know what the North American title is heading into Halloween Havoc. What's going to play out with that? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. And that's kind of the lasting impression I had with this NXT episode, like that lockdown show that I recently reviewed. It's about how it ends. And if it's a strong ending, I think that can kind of overshadow some, some of the fluff that you were describing. They do a lot of fluff in 2.0, and I, I know that just changing the logo
2: back to like a black and gold with a little bit of white won't just change uh, everything all at once. But uh, there's, I, I have more hope in NXT since the whole Triple H taking over WWE. Uh, that, my, my view of 2.0 has drastically changed minus like uh, a year ago or half a year ago just because NXT 2.0 w- was in the mud. Uh, we have a, a few comments of feedback here. I'll read them here. First, we go to Megan, who writes: "The taped nature of tonight's episode and next week's episode will buy Hunter and Company some time to wipe the slate clean. The main event was worth watching, and the post-match return of Dragonov was dope. Can't wait to th- to see anything better than Black and Gold with Ilya. Patience is key." And then we go to Sean, who says: "Worst rebrand ever. <laughs> he wasn't a fan of the rebrand." "Quote." Give it time. <laughs> And then, yeah, patience is key, as Megan said. And then finally, uh, Charles writes in, who says, "Can I just say one thing, Gigi Dolan? That is all." Yes, nice, thank you, Charles. Uh, and that's <laughs> and that's it. That's our uh, NXT as the 2.0, the brand changing away from 2.0, mixing back in with the the paint, the black and gold. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see some good things in the in the horizon. But uh, what did, did you have fun, Chris?
3: I, I definitely had fun. This, again, this is someone who who doesn't watch NXT on the regular. I follow your podcast constantly. So I'm kind of, that's how I keep up to the know with, with what's going on with the brand. But you know what? In professional wrestling, optimism is a powerful thing. And like you were saying, with this new regime in charge and the changes that are going on with NXT right now, maybe this is a program that I'm going to start following more regularly by watching it live on uh, Sportsnet now every Tuesday night at eight o'clock, because I think there's a lot of things that can be built on. Again, I'm intrigued with that main event scene with the world championship. I'm, I'm wondering who's going to be in this ladder match. And they always deliver with like these kind of semi-premium events, like these big shows branded with the, the former WCW pay-per-view names like Halloween Havoc, for example. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited. Uh, again, change is always a good thing, especially when the bar was kind of pretty low. Um, for the multicolored rainbow version of NXT 2.0. So just give me a solid show. I'm not expecting the world. Um, but moving forward, uh, again, my optimism is intrigued. I'm, uh, it's peaking. We're getting to a good point here.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Halloween Havoc is on Saturday, October 22nd, and it will be a Peacock Premium Live event. You know, So it's not a Tuesday night TV special. This is an actual mm. uh, network special. So Halloween Havoc. They're not using... The word takeover just yet but i do think going forward we will see the return of takeover i do think somehow some way but uh so far if we're thinking it has that ladder match and the triple threat uh I mean, so far so good, and I'm sure that they'll uh, have some other great matches to add to that. But uh, we'll see the future of, of NXT. And, and Halloween Havoc is always fun. You just do spooky stuff, and we'll be uh, for sure covering that uh, on the 22nd. So look for that. We'll be going live after that, I'm sure, with our post show. But Chris, man, thank you so much for for joining me today to chat about some NXT and some, some wrestling. Uh, I want to give you the floor to let people know where they can find you, what you do, anything you want to plug. Please go for it.
3: Uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm truly humbled and grateful that you invited me uh, on your podcast. Because again, I'm such a, a huge supporter of yourself and Davey and what you guys are doing with the Up Next podcast and and the post wrestling family in general. Um, I'm a proud postmark. Uh, you know, I, I subscribe to what John and Way are doing. I'd, lo- I'd love to chat with them in the future as well. But again, the the podcast that you and I did for the Walder Sportscast, you were someone that I wanted to talk to for quite some time. I'm such a fan of your work, just like your charisma behind the mind and I think everything that you guys are doing with this show is really tremendous. And I'm, I'm glad to see the fans and, and the gathering and the, the support that you guys have achieved over the years. I think it's truly something to, to respect and admire um, for myself. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Walder sports. Uh, it's with a D it's not a T get out of here with your Walter. Uh, I'm Walder. Get it right. Uh, I got my podcast. It's on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I'm just trying to get some stuff in order with my life and my work, but I'm hoping to bring it back sooner rather than later. And, uh, if you're a toronto raptors fan uh, I, I talk a lot of basketball but i talk a lot of dynamite maybe i'll get some more nxt uh takes in there and uh, i'm also going to be there at the uh, toronto shows uh both dynamite and rampage Ooh. um so if you see a guy with a toronto raptors hat and some big bulky glasses uh don't hesitate to say aye. And I, and I hope to see you there. Are, are you going to be there for the Dynamite and Rampage? I mean, you're giving
2: me a great softball segue here because, uh, again, if you're going to Grand Slam, you got to go to Cheap Shots before the show to hang out with Davey and co because they're going to be getting super sloshed up before Grand Slam. But fast forward to Toronto for AEW uh, Dynamite and Rampage. Yes, we have official a uh, uh, great after-party for dynamite, an AEW dynamite up next after party at Sneaky D's, and we are going to attempt something I've wanted. Have tr- I've wanted to try this for so long. Pro wrestling karaoke. It's going to be quite a party. So Sneaky D's, 11 p.m. After that, dynamite, and uh, we we are going to have some pre party for dynamite and rampage and all that stuff but again follow all our socials for all that stuff and i know Davey and friends would love to see you guys down in new york and for all the toronto people later in october on the 12th and 13th here we're super excited and uh again patreon.com slash up next five bucks for north america tier gets you access to all the podcasts that we've done in the past all the best matches ever retro pay-per-view reviews and uh i'm gonna be doing a crazy uh, random show with Jordan Goodman where we're going to be chatting all things and that's going to be available to all patrons. So look forward to that as we're calling it a little bit of a detox. But uh, thank you, Chris, for joining me, man. That was a, a total blast and I, I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Love to to chat some pro wrestling with you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us here tonight. We cannot do this without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I, myself, Brayden Harrington. I am on Twitter and Instagram at the bray d and follow up next on twitter at upnxt podcast that's it that's all thank you good night take care goodbye be safe ahoy